0: Amen. Amen. First Kings 19 verse 11. We're just going to read a few verses here and let you be seated. It says in first Kings nineteen eleven, he said, go forth and stand upon the Mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces. The rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. God bless you. You can be seated. We've been in a series that we began last week called Misunderstanding God. I am here today to... Proclaim, I have no desire to be judgmental in any way, and I'm thankful for anybody that's trying to help. But can I tell you, when people misrepresent the Lord, it ought to stir us up. Right. I feel like there's a lot of things that God gets blamed for, and He's not anywhere near it. We talked about it last week when we talked about Job. Job was going through a terrible trial, terrible, awful Day that came upon him in the midst of a blessed life, things just turned for the worst and and in one of the reports that he received, a man said, The fire of God is pulling out of heaven it's just burning up all your stuff and your servants and and uh I told you that wasn't the fire of God God wasn't destroying job God wasn't attacking job." God wasn't chastening Job. The book of Job, what an amazing book that that uh, uh, we've spent time working through. It's a book that addresses the different questions we have when we suffer and wonder why. Right. Yeah. But can I just take the time to tell you that it wasn't God's fire falling down. The enemy was attacking Job. Yeah. God was bragging on Job. Right. Yeah, was. God was... Pointing him out to the devil and saying, look at how faithful he is. Yes, he allowed a trial, but he had a plan in that trial to work in Job's life. And he's got a plan in your life too. People misunderstood the the trial of Job and said, God, why are you tearing him apart? Why are you destroying? God wasn't destroying his life. God didn't come to destroy. He came to save. Elijah, in our text today, had just had an amazing victory of faith. He stood up in a day when people were turning their back on Almighty God. Elijah was made the challenge to the false preachers, the false priests of Baal, and to the royalty, the leadership of that day, he stood up and he said, he said, God's not harmed you. God's not worked again. God's been good to you. Why do you want to turn to the idols of this world? And he said, i tell you, I propose a challenge. And he stood up and he said, you bring all your false idolatrous priests and prophets and bring them to Mount Carmel and we'll let the God who is God answer by fire. The story goes on how He let them build their altars and and do their sacrifices and pray their prayers and gave them all day and there was no fire. They destroyed the altar of God and and cried out, cut themselves off and let their blood to their false gods and still no fire. Elijah stands up with a very short prayer after he sets the altar in order. Puts everything together in the way that God had prescribed, because God is God, oh, yeah. and He put it in His order. And He just prays a, a, a really a short prayer. After all, the the nation saw that there was nothing in the idolatry, nothing in the false worship, the pretense of of, of their rituals and routines that were so religious. He stood by while they cried out and said, watch you pray a little louder. Maybe they maybe he's taking a nap or maybe he's on vacation, you know, and he just sat back and kind of chuckled at their, their false attempts. But he just prayed a short prayer and God brought the fire down from heaven. God lit that altar, not only lit it, but burned it up and burned up even the water that he had poured over it to prove it was no game. It was no joke. This is real. Hey, God will prove himself real. God will show those around you that he is real in your life when he burns up all the old life and shows them the fire of God's power in your life. But, you know, I believe Elijah had great expectations that day. Why wouldn't he? We're going to have a showdown. We're going to prove that God is God. And, and, and once you see, see, he had a heart for people. He had a heart, he didn't want to see them lost, he didn't want to see them. They wasn't it was a big deal to be following these false gods. It was ruined their lives, it was ruined their eternity, their souls were deceived. All right. And Elijah wasn't there to to try to prove something of himself, he wasn't trying to get a great following, he wanted to see everybody turn to God. He wanted to see revival. And I'm sure he just knew it's going to be a change. Everybody saw this. Everybody is going to to repent. Everybody's going to turn to God. Everybody's going to throw away all their idols. Forget about Baal. We're going to follow God. But Jezebel, who was queen of that day, heard the news of what happened. And when it would be reasonable, because serving God is so reasonable, I said, serving God is reasonable. You've got to twist around the facts and everything you see to try to run away from God and justify your own selfish ways like so many have today. And let me not get sidetracked, but listen, Jezebel heard what had happened that day and heard that all those false prophets, all those priests of Baal, They executed them that day for their blasphemy, for their lies. And and Jezebel said, if Elijah is going to be the same way as all those priests by tomorrow morning, I'm sending out the posse. He's going to be public enemy number one. Rather than bring revival, they turned against Elijah. The one who prayed, the one that that stood there for Almighty God. And, And Elijah runs off and... You find Elijah in despair. You find Elijah. I don't think it's any stretch to say that Elijah now is feeling the weight of depression and despair. And saying, God, you know, I did everything I thought to do. And it just seems like I'm the only one that really cares about your name and is jealous over you. And wants them to see how good you are. So he He says, God, just just take my life. Don't let them find me and kill me. Lord, just take me and and it's enough. I've I've done enough. I've I've dealt with enough. Just just take me home. Elijah was in a place that he needed. He needed ministering. He needed help. Everything that was presented to him as as he could see it was he was alone and and, and it was hopeless and and nobody wanted what he had to offer it seems so desperately hopeless but when it seems so hopeless can i tell you god offers hope i'm not talking about a false hope i'm just saying that god sees the bigger picture than you're able to see that's why we quote so often that Scripture in the book of Proverbs, "Thee not unto thine own understanding, but with all, acknowledge Him in all thy ways, and He'll direct your path. See, Elijah needed direction that day. Yeah. Because everything, he felt everything, he saw everything that, that, that made sense to him was against him. And he finds himself in this dark place all by himself saying, it's enough, I'm, I've had enough. So God speaks to him, but God does it in a, in a way that, that tells us a little something here. It, 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 uh, uh you know, God always has a little bit more to offer than maybe what we're even looking for. Right. God could have just said, Hey, Elijah, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, talk to you a little bit here, but, but he, he brings him through a series of, uh, of, episodes here uh, and shows him an earthquake shows him a wind that begins to shake and break the rocks of the mountain brings a fire and and uh and i'm sure in each one of those elijah seen the power of god he saw the fire of god when he prayed he saw all these things and god does work in in so many different ways that but this time he notices god's not in that wind I went to the wind and and saw the power of that wind. I saw the the effects of that wind, but god wasn 't in that and He felt that earthquake and and if you 've ever felt like the earth of underneath your feet to was, was taking away every thought of uh, of stability it can be a fearful thing and He wanted his, oh the Almighty God is speaking no god 's not in that earthquake. Thank God for his sensitivity oh yeah. Brought that fire, and certainly we can see through the word of God, fire being a a wave from the time of Moses in the burning bush to the day of Pentecost when the fire fell. But God wasn't in that fire. All these things that presented themselves, but Elijah was sensitive enough to know, well, God's not in that, and God's not in this. What Elijah needed was more than theatricality. More than a great demonstration of power. He needed ministered to. All right. He needed God to be a close friend at that time. Yeah. And God then begins to show Elijah, Oh, I can work in fire. I can shake the world. I can blow like a wind. But when you need me the most, I'm there in that still, small voice. Yeah. And when Elijah began to listen to that Still small voice of the Lord speaking to him. And Elijah was honest again. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I'm a, only, the, one, the only one that, that cares so much, is jealous over you, that, that hates this idolatry. And he said, oh, no, you're not the only one. There's, there's others out there. You're not alone. How many times I've seen people in desperate situations. Let me tell you, it's always been this way. It's always going to be. No, it's not. All right. It's terrible. Nobody cares. No, people care. Yeah. Even Elijah was in a place when, when his own thoughts were his worst enemy. But in that time, you need ministry. Yeah. Right. You need that ministering spirit to speak to your soul. And I'm here to tell you today that I feel like so many misunderstand god All right. because in the days that we're living in there has been a great push with the celebrity of uh, of hollywood and the celebrity of uh, of the internet and and people that can be facebook famous and instagram famous and tiktok famous and we've got so many that are seeing that pattern and Maybe they have some kind of, at one time, good intentions. But but when ministry becomes celebrity, right. when ministry is seeking likes and follows and attention and is doing everything they can to build a name for themselves and become the mega church and the mega pastor and the one with the great, hey, look at me, I'm a prophet. Look at me, I'm a healer. And there's there's a building up of a name of of a man or a ministry or an organization but where is the ministry see there's many 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 today that can get excited about the earthquake get excited about the fire get excited about the wind and i I, i'm not saying every time we can tell you in the bible every time it's not that every time that there is something a great move that god's not in it but but where is ministry Where are the ones that will really say, you know what, I'll I'll be like Jesus and put on not only flesh from glory, but the form of a servant, a towel like a servant and to wash our feet. I like to funny stories. I like exciting, inspirational quotes. But can I tell you when it's all said and done, I need a I need a word from God that I can build my life on. I need a word from God that confronts me in my depression, confronts me in my discouragement, confronts me in, in my anger or my temptation and says, hey, here's your next step. Amen. Get out of that cave. Yes. See, Elijah needed to take some responsibility and he needed a friend to help him do it. Amen. A friend that would say, hey, you're in there with your head down and I understand all that, but get up and let's go. You've got a work to do. There's a there's a man that you need to anoint and there's uh, hundreds of, uh, of believers out here that need that need you to keep on going. Modern day ministry has has presented God to the masses in a way that I think is making is being making people misunderstand God. Right. That we can be more of a motivational speaker than somebody who really ministers that the spirit of god that would get down into our lives and help us overcome the battles that bind us see there is a god that loves each and every one of you there's a god that sees the battles and the struggles the chains that some may have and he loves you he cares about you but he loves you enough and can I say, loves you more to, than to let you continue on in your weakness and in your battles and in your with your chains. See, He's a God that can help you and, and break chains and, and minister to your needs. And, and every one of you, can I tell you, if you'll let God not only minister to you, but minister through you, you will see victory in this day. Can we turn to the book of Acts? We always... Encourage you to recognize that where religion and denominationalism has taken a turn away from the word of God. We want to build our lives around a a church that Jesus Christ has built. And we can see the example and the teaching and the results of a book of Acts church. Acts 20. Paul. Comes and he is actually talking to some ministers, some elders in that area. Amazing portion of Scripture that talks about the heart of ministry. See, Paul knew what miracles were. Amen. Right. Paul knew what signs and wonders were. And we, we believe in that. Yes, sir. But Paul, as a personality, right. said, I came to you not with enticing words of men's knowledge, yeah but with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I came and I was determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Read it there in the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians when you get some time. But here in Acts 20, we see Him bearing His heart. The misunderstanding of God falls squarely on the shoulders the responsibility of ministry. That too often have misrepresented Jesus. Acts 20, he says, when they were come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. I think that's a will of God. Relationship, family. I've talked to people already and they say they go to work and say, so what did you do over the weekend? Well, I had lunch with my pastor. You, you, What? <laughs> You got together with your preacher, I didn't think they what? Spend time with the rabble? <laughs> Can I tell you something? Paul said, You knew me, I you know who I am. There's somebody praying for me. There's somebody that cares about me. There's somebody that knows me and and, and that I that, that I care about and pray for. Right. Not just some face, some celebrity on a television or on the internet. Right. It's not a pastor. It's not a minister. Thank God for good teaching wherever you get it. But Paul said, you know what manner I've been with you in all seasons. You've seen me when I've been under attack. I think it's important that we, we understand that preachers, ministers, brothers and sisters, no matter what position you're in, we're under attack sometimes. We need help. We need prayer. We need to build one another up, support one another. It's it's not that, hey, they're on a on a pedestal somewhere and don't ever fight battles. After I've been with you at all seasons serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Could you see, if you, if you read your Bible and read the words of the Apostle Paul and some of these other men and Jesus himself. You can't imagine a big light show and smokes, smoke machines and choreography in the worship. It was the Spirit of God moving and, and working in and a honest, humble ministering of the Word of God. Yeah. I really, I've said this so many times before, I really wonder what would happen if Paul just stepped into a pulpit. And I don't think there'd be any bit of of the kind of, flair and style that everybody seems like they need and, yeah. but all, if we could ob- just obey God, right. amen, yes, sir. if we could all just learn to follow the leading in the direction of the spirit, right. if we could all just let that anointing and, and the word of God guide and direct us, i tell you what would happen. We wouldn't just leave feeling better about ourselves, but we'd be better. Right. We'd be ministered to that God could start taking away the things that are holding us down and replacing it with things that are building us up. He said, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, many tears and temptations. That the the word of God that sometimes comes across as a two-edged sword, it's not in arrogance, it's not in pride, it's tears and battles. He said, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, he is being attacked on every side by the religious leaders of that day. How I kept back nothing that is profitable for you. Unto you. That, that's a theme. You will see that throughout the word of God. We try to underline that in the way we talk to you so often that even when God is coming across the most blunt and the most bold, he'll say, hey, this is so you can be blessed. This is to help you. I'm not taking something from you that's fun. I'm not trying to steal your candy. I'm trying to give you life and that more abundantly. Even in the Old Testament when, when uh, Moses is delivering the law, he says choose life and blessing, not death and cursing. See, the thing is, God wants to minister. He sees you with your needs just like he saw Elijah there. And sometimes as little children of God, we don't recognize that God is so much more wise than we are in his ways. We, we like to run from God or we like to to argue with God, fight with, you know, I'm, I know I, uh, this is the way I want. It. This is the way I like it. But God, if you listen, to that still small voice. He's got a plan for your life. I kept nothing back. That was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Can we drop down a little bit? See, this is the problem that we must address. Drop down to verse 26. and If you want to please feel free to read every bit of this chapter in your own time, just for sake of time. We're looking at verse dropping down to verse 26. Wherefore, I take record to you this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. What do you mean by that? Well, I have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God. I've seen in the home sometimes, you know, there's, there's different kinds of parenting. I don't know if I want to call it techniques. I want to just maybe call it failures. All right. <laughs> there is that idea of the, the cool mom and dad. Nobody wants to not be cool. But that one that's saying, you know what, I I have no role of authority in your life. I'm your buddy. I'm your pal. Anything goes. You know, I'm not going to I just turn the other eye. And they watch and even enable self-destruction. Choices that will damage their futures and close doors for them and work against them. But I don't want to be their enemy. I don't want somebody to look at me bad and make me feel bad about myself. Well, there's the other side of that. We won't let that go. There's the there's the grumpy parent that just everything, everything's wrong and and everybody out there is just just lost. And, and right. but it takes a friend. It takes real love yeah. Yeah. to be there and support and care yeah. no matter how many times you fall to help, but to help get back up again right. and to be able to say, I know you don't like this, but. Here's what's really the problem, and this is what we need to work on. We need to recognize what the consequences uh, uh, of some of these things are and where it's going to take you in life, and ministry has been that way. Some people will fill a church with that grumpy kind of minister. Make us feel good. We're not going to point the finger to anybody here that needs help, but let's just talk about how messed up the world is. Woo! they're all just going to hell and everything's wrong. And and I've seen that kind of ministry already. We feel so good because we can recognize everybody else's sin. But once you say something gets a little too close to home for somebody in the church, I'm so sorry. I don't want you to I don't want you to stop. I mean, I don't want you to leave. I, I don't I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to you know when they we get excited about how how good we know everybody else's sins but our own yeah. and a preacher that will exploit that and say hey let's just get on that bandwagon let's talk about how horrible everybody is and but you my little dear you're God's special little treat don't worry he understands he understands well, there's a cool dude that we see in most of our modern motivational speakers today I'm for motivation But when a church won't love people enough to say, hey, it's your sin that separates you from God. Jesus looked at his disciples and those that were following him at that time. And he said, you see all these out in the world. And there was a news report at that time that some folks that were well, they were just known to be just horrible sinners. And it seemed like God just moved in that day, is what everybody was saying, I guess. And a tower just fell down on on top of them and killed them all. And everybody said, I know that's God. I know God got them. You can't play games like that too long. God's going to get you. And Jesus said, you think uh, they were sinners more than anybody else in the world? I'm sure they just kind of waited. They didn't want to get themselves in trouble. They had stuck their foot in their mouth too many times before. you think they're sinners worse than anybody else? He said, let me tell you guys. Except you repent. You will likewise perish. Jesus loved them enough to say, don't get your eyes on somebody else's sins and think they're worse than yours. Look at yourself. Examine yourself. Set your house in order. It's so easy, and i that's something that I, I, I try to be so sensitive with. we got to declare just what is righteous and separate that from the unholy in these last days. But it needs to come down to judgment has to begin here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The idea that we can just build ourselves up on how horrible everybody else is. It, you know what it does? It builds us up in pride too much. And we end up getting on this team that says, yay, us. We know better. We're better than all that. Well, where are all these scandals coming from? Where are all these collapses coming from in people that should know better? Hey, what about all this idea that that sin is never preached against? That it's always just, hey, we all need encouraged. But sometimes it's just like Elijah needed to hear. You need to get up. Get out of that cave. You need to turn your back on this, this environment of depression this self-pity this feeling sorry for yourself and get out and and hear my voice leading you see god knows just where we live but we didn't get to this in uh, acts 20 let's go back to that i've not shunned to declare unto you the all the counsel of god acts 20 verse 27 verse 28 says take heed be careful beware Therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, feed the church of God, which he had purchased, had purchased with his own blood. Feed the church of God. Oh, God, help us to come hungry. Help us to come and say, you know what, God, I know that you know what I need. And I just want to be sensitive. I love one sister. We uh, went out for uh her birthday, I'm not going to mention Bev's name, but we had such a nice time. And uh, I wouldn't want to embarrass her at all. Oh, you're preaching to me. You're dealing with me. You know what? She's not the only one here. I'm hearing that from. But it's not me. It's not. It's God. Talk to me. Deal with me. When you can be sensitive to that, and say, hey, God, I, I don't know. I think I've got some battles. But, Lord, you know where the root of that is. Oh, that's right. You know where the heart of that is. How do we get to where we have a, a book of Acts experience, a, a, a church the way God intended it to be, the, 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 the God's power work in the church that he said I have built and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it? Yes, sir. How do we have an experience that is life more abundantly, that's joy unspeakable, that's victory over our past? Right. Not just a God that loves us in our weakness, but a God that gives us strength. That old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Yeah, yeah. On and on and on, a peace that passes understanding. How do we get what the Bible talks yeah. about? Right, right. We're going to have to be honest with with ourselves and listen to that still small voice. Yes, right. We've misunderstood God that that we can shine up the outside and make every smile, learn how to smile and and oh. quote a quote a. a, a, a a motivational quote that might might kind of be a bible verse if it's in context i've never really looked might not even have anything to do with me Come on. it's kind of funny if i could give a little side note there's a i haven't seen it around much but there used to be this friendship uh token bracelet of some kind and it quoted a Scripture in Genesis and it's one of those things, you know, you give your friend one, you it's cut in half, and sometimes it's on a heart or a circle, and you know, you give your friend one and it says, God, watch between thee and me when we are apart. Oh. <laughs> Sounds nice. And then you go look at who said it and why they said it. All right. And it was Laban and Jacob. And Jacob hated Laban, and Laban was hating Jacob because he was ripping him off. And Jacob was saying, you've been ripping me off. And they said, well, you just get on out of here and go home, and, and and I won't bother you. And you don't ever come back here, and I won't mess with you. And he said, you know what? We'll make a pact today that God watches between us when we're apart. All right. Because if I ever see you again, I'm taking your head off, basically, was the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might just get that for my wife's birthday. (laughs) See, what we can do is take neat things out of context and say, oh, I love that so much. And God says, you're misunderstood. (laughs) And so often we, we take something that is an amazing promise from God. But we forget the conditions of the promise sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a, There's a word that is connected with a lot of the promises of God. It's it's a conditional word. It's the word if if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, if they pray, if they turn from their wicked ways. Oh, that's not so popular. See, if you talk about wicked ways, then somebody might think you called them wicked and you know they're just going to hop out and go somewhere else where somebody will pat them on the back and say, we don't use words like that. (laughs) But see, that's just the way it is. Anybody has ever uh, tried their hand at being saying, God, help me learn what it means to be a healthy parent. It means to love somebody more than you ever thought you could love. Talk to a man. Uh, the other day, you just had a, a a little girl, and I said, "You know being the daddy of a little girl will change your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah. Some of the things you used to watch that you thought oh that 's so funny that 's not funny right yeah. Yeah. some of the music I used to listen to oh that really that really moves i don't like that." Right. Right. Yeah. How's that talking about little girls and yeah. women and my, you're talking of that could be my daughter. I don't want to right. my some boy who listens to that or watches that or even anywhere near my girl. Right. Right. Amen. Right. Well, why? Because you're grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you love right. yeah. people got to realize that the preacher is there to to be led by the spirit of God that loves Not to try to be some kind of celebrity. You know what, John, who baptized Jesus, he said, I must decrease and he must increase. And he likened his role as a friend of the bridegroom. He kind of connected himself with the idea of I'm not the one that people ought to have their focus on, but I'm kind of like a best man. I'm helping I'm there to, to, and it was a much different role back in that day, but he was there to kind of facilitate, hey, keep your eyes on him. He's awesome. He's great. And he's he's kind of like, like the, the, the groom's hype man. Are you just going to, oh, he's everything you ever wanted. But how just evil would it be for that friend of the bridegroom, that best man to say, you know I'm pretty nice too, you know. <laughs> you know I'm. I like to get a little attention here too, you know. Try to be the hero in all of it. Right. Try to be the one everybody looks to. Yeah. Amen. Right. Oh, that's. Uh, you come find out that that you've been trying to steal some affection that belongs to the the groom, yeah. the husband. Right. Oh, you're in trouble now. Yeah. Look what it says. Acts 20. We haven't finished yet. Acts 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also know, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Paul is saying, I'm so sensitive to the understanding that these people don't care about you. They care about themselves. They're using all their power to to bring disciples to themselves. Therefore, watch. Remember, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn every one of you. Every one, night and day with tears. Let me read this to you. Second Corinthians 11, verse 13 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. No marvel. Listen to this. For some of you that might think, the ma- Brother, what, this, don't, don't don't talk like that about... Churches and ministries and listen, Paul said of your own. He said, no, Marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. God, help us to understand that the church and the ministry is. It's going to tell you how to repent. It's going to tell you how to turn away from sin. It's going to tell you the things that have been destroying your life. God is the answer, but you must turn to him. Change your heart, change your mind, change the direction of your life. Put your your confidence, your focus, your love and attention on him. And anybody that's trying to bring attention to themselves or their ministry and not attention to the gospel, to Jesus, to the cross, to repentance, won't tell you your sins are separating you from him you must be born again as a wolf in sheep's clothing. I, uh, I had the, uh, just a blessing this past week. Got a chance to spend some time, uh, in with my, my dad in, in the home I was raised in. And, uh, it, something interesting happened there that day. I was sitting out back. It used to be a Kind of a patio, and now it's a, a sunroom. And we sat in there, and I looked at the backyard, and I noticed something about it where I was raised there. Uh, and I looked back and I thought, "Wow, your yard shrank. <laughs> that yard is about a quarter of the size, easily, as what it used to be." Yeah. I remember the tree line in the back and where we would run and hide. And and, and uh, I said, "Can I?" Do you mind before I leave if I go downstairs because we had this huge rec room that we used to play in. It was just an unfinished basement, with cement floors, and, but uh, we had a finished room off the side. I had a, a big bedroom. I kind of graduated from the little one upstairs and had a big one downstairs when I got a little older. And then we used to play in this room downstairs, just, just an immense rec room. But I realized when I got down there, that shrank too. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my bedroom was tiny. And, uh, the place I used to play, I couldn't believe just how, how small it was and how, how low the ceilings had gotten. And, um, and I said, how amazing how small everything really is. And I, and I thought, how, you know, of course it didn't shrink, but I must have grown. (laughs) I must have grown. I feel like at times I, I look at people that have gone through unhealthy, restrictive kind of uh uh upbringings in in their walk with god sometimes they they think what god can do and how god can work in their life and and i look at them and think that's so small you know i used to think it was that small but then i started to grow All right. and i started to realize you know how how small that kind of outlook is to to, to focus on everybody else and how wrong they are or Or not let God just be a father to me that cares about me and say, Hey, you know what? You know, I love you. I don't have to prove that anymore. Just think about Calvary. But there's some things that you need to just let go of. Some things you need to once and for all lay on an altar and give it up and lay aside a weight. Lay aside that sin that's always attacking you. Once and for all. I, I realize the idea that I can live my life just God loving me and me loving God, and that has nothing to do with personal accountability and sin and all that. That's so small. But I realized when I started getting more into the Word of God and letting God be God in my life, that when you start growing, God's plan and God's purpose for you is so much bigger. He said, exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. My old outlook was so small of things, but God starts to expand that. When you let him be God in your life, say, okay, God, I, I don't want you to keep your will out of any corner of my life. I want that, that word to speak to me directly, and I'm not afraid of it because you've been good to me, and everything that you have confronted me with and dealt with me about, it's been for my good. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 4. In closing, 2 Timothy 4. See, people have misunderstood God. They've seen a lot of celebrity. They've seen a lot of self-exalting ministries. But when you get right down to are are people turning to God with all their hearts? Are people being told that they have to repent of their sins? They have to turn from sin. And be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Look at what it says in Second Timothy four. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his king. Listen to this. Preach the word. That's right. I I'm I've found so often people with this just very small kind of kingdom idea. This just fits into their organization, their denomination, their their, their upbringing, and they can't just let God, uh, like many in the Bible, just take them out and, and show them, hey, here's what the Bible really says. They, they, they're so so often, like the Bible tells us in one place, they, they're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There's a famine, the Bible says, in the last days of hearing the word of God. And you see that so often, so ignorant of what does the Bible really teach us? Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. You don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to worry about God getting after you because he's, He does that because He cares about you. He does that because He wants to see you break those old things that, that are holding you back and keeping you in, in that childhood bondage of, of what you think your life ought to be when God's got something so much greater. But sadly, the Bible says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Yeah. Signs of the times. Right. Sound doctrine. What's the Bible really say? Yeah. Let the Bible confront your theology, Amen. your understanding of what the Bible really says. Let it confront your, your preferences, what you're yeah. comfortable with. Amen. Let it teach you. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Let it open up the world of his kingdom to you. Time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But listen to this. After their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. Amen. Fables. Yes, yep. Make believe. Brother, talking to here, I heard him talking to somebody. Uh, he was reaching out to and said, listen, read your Bible. Get into the word of God. Can't believe how many times I'd come to the pastor and say, "Yeah, but the Bible says this, does it? All right. Let's look at that. Yeah. yeah, but doesn't the Bible say this? Does it? All Let's right. look it up. Yeah, see what it really says." Yes, Somebody says, "Well, I, I don't need all that. Who's, who's? All right. If the Bible isn't going to be God's word, whose whose word are we going to follow then? That's right. We're going to follow your feelings? How do they? How that, How's that working for you? Right. Your feelings sometimes. Right. Am I supposed to follow your feelings? Do I follow my feelings? Everybody." How does that work if the Bible's not the absolute truth? That's right. That's right. Who's allowed to make it up? The tr- is, am I allowed to make it up? Am I allowed to say this is what our organization has deemed to be righteousness? We, no. Yes, Thy word is truth is what oh, Jesus yes. said. Right. Too often people have played with our souls and told us fables rather than telling us, hey, you must be born again. Yeah. A life that is now led in spirit and in truth. Yes. Yeah. That God is over all. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. There's some here today. God cares about you, the battle you're going through, the trial you're facing. Sometimes you feel like you're in that cave with Elijah. Elijah. And sometimes you've got friends that are well-meaning and they say they have the answers, but really, is God in it? Is it really somebody that cares about you to build a life that is going to be on the rock? Paul said there's a lot of voices in the world. All of them have significance. But oh, I want to hear from God. I want to hear a word, if it be spoken. Sometimes there's things in our lives, we come to church, let's be honest. There's some things in our lives that we secretly hold on to. We say, God, don't, please don't let him get on that. I might get offended. Please don't let him deal with that. But God knows just what your next step is. God knows just in his love, he knows how you need to grow. He knows just what each one of us needs. When you come and you pray and say, God, I, I want my heart to be open to you. I want you to I want to hear that still small voice. I want to hear that, that voice that tells me not what I want to hear sometimes, but what I need to hear. That voice that is a voice that Yes, it challenges me. It corrects me. Like Paul told Timothy to preach the Word, it it reproves, it rebukes, it exhorts, but it's a God that loves us like a father, like a friend, a true friend. Not one that's willing to watch you destroy your life and not say a word. Not one that will enable you. God help I pray for churches, ministries, pulpits across this country, around the world to stand, to fight. To fight against this mentality of building celebrity in the pulpit. Try to put on a show. to, To preach the word, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because sometimes it's not a matter of motivation. It's a matter of being confronted with the gospel that Jesus died on that cross, was buried and rose again so that you can be saved from your sins. Oh, hallelujah. Can you let God talk to you? Can you let God help you? You're in a situation here today that only God knows the full extent of it, but He's here reaching for you to help you take the next step in His will. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Just talk to God. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I want you to have your way in my life. Lord, that you're the center. Surrender, a true heart of repentance. to learn, to grow, and it will get better. Every step of your journey, He's that good. He's taking away the things that are hindering you, breaking the chains of the things that are binding you. Too long. It's been too long, God's. God's got more for you got more. He's working. I wonder if you could just say, here here I am, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way, God. that still small voice. We've got to follow Him. God will do a work in us. God will break the chains, but we've got to let go. We've got to turn away and just keep following Him. Let Him do that. Let Him do that in your life. One step at a time, one day at a time, you'll find it's not always what you you want to hear. It's not always even what you're asking for. I'm glad, and I'm sure Elijah was glad. He didn't get what he requested that day, but God told him, I'm not done. There's work ahead of you to do. Don't give up now. Oh, hallelujah. And God's, even in this last day, in this dark day, God's got a people who He's working in, and He's going to work through you, not only in cleansing and purifying and correcting, but directing you to minister, to help, to bless those around you. Let's all stand. Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for hungry souls, those that love you, love your word, God, and desire more this day because we are living in these last days, God, fighting battles. Lord, we need your strength more than ever before. Bless your people, I pray. Guide us, direct us, let our ears hear that still small voice us, directing us, using us for your glory. We love you so much. Bless your people. Now I pray, God, keep us safe as we travel. Lord, bless the service tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Pray for the service tonight, please. God bless you.